Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Uh, well, happy Tuesday, everyone. Rich Swabinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here once again with the last week in Mortgage Today, our weekly whirlwind through all the latest in the mortgage and housing industries. And each week, uh, very pleased to be joined by one of our lender members as my co-host. And this week, back in the co-pilot seat for at least the third or fourth time, the CEO and President Hallmark Home Mortgage, Deb Sturgis. Deb, great to see you. Thank you so much, Rich. Good to be here. And Hallmark, uh, uh, awesome, great culture, medium, medium, kind of large, IMB in the Midwest, the, the type of companies that we just, we love here at TMC. And um, some good there you were telling me, I don't know if you want to talk about it, some good, you guys are growing and doing some good stuff. There's been a lot of you know negative stuff we, going on this year. Yeah. So your positive news. Well, I don't know if uh, many of you know, but um, Finance of America has exited, exited the direct wholesale and their retail uh, divisions. And um, they're going to focus on reverse mortgage, commercial lending, and something else that I'm like doesn't come to my mind, but um, I had um, had the pleasure of meeting a gentleman in their what's called their central division, Mark Wademan, um, well, maybe two and a half years ago, right before the pandemic. And we've stayed in touch. And when he got pretty strong rumors that what was going on, he reached out to me. And I think I took the first flight to Kansas I could get that day. <laughs> and so uh, we worked together and um, for the last, oh, I would say four weeks, five weeks of kind of putting a deal together and a hundred percent of his division came on board, uh, joined Hallmark. And so we are super excited about it because, you know, you're so kind to say the things about our company and our culture you know, what sets us apart. He he really has run his division very, very much. He had similar product mix, loan balances, et cetera. But he really, you know, it was that the meeting of the culture that really made it work and was the reason that he reached out to me. So we're, we're excited. We've brought on 60-ish employees. And so we onboarded them all last week. So we're now a larger uh, independent mortgage bank. So pretty excited about it. That's congratulations. It's awesome. We've yep. been saying it all year uh, on this show. Good companies grow market share in down cycles like this. And perfect example of that right here. And it's not like Hallmark's not some like big, huge, massive, like, you know, uh, international. You guys are a very nice sized company, been around for a very long time, but you can make it happen, right? The right company you can you yeah. can still you can still make it happen. Yeah, it was a good, you know, you know when it's a good fit, you know when it's not a good fit and it's uh kind of really kind of staying true to who you know, what you know about yourself and who you are and um and so and I knew this when I met him. And so I think that was part of why we always stayed in touch and so um, so it's really, you know, two great groups coming together and uh, we we really are off to, a, I think, a very, very positive start. So um, we're couldn't be more excited. 
That's great stuff. Because sometimes I sense, maybe don't hear it outright, but some of our small to medium-sized lenders, you know, feel like the deck is stacked. It's tough for me to grow or acquire. And, you know, the way I, what I always say is like, listen, every medium-sized company was once tiny. Every large mm-hmm. company was once medium-sized. Whatever you want to be, you can grow if you have good leaders, communicate well, and can kind of navigate uh, all all the all the waves in the in the ocean in our um, industry and stay I think you have to keep yourself out there and you know it by you know a couple of years ago when I met him you know I was in that area for another reason and a mutual friend in the mortgage business said you really ought to meet this guy he's not looking for a job um but you really ought to meet him and so I always have this pack with myself. If somebody says I need to meet somebody, I make a, a priority to do that. And so this paid off. So, and um, as I said, it's just, um, it's just, they're, they're so similar to us in so, so many ways and core values that really stack up together. So. That's awesome. Well, a little deviation from the normal start, normal news headline, heavy start to the show, but Wanted to start with that great news because uh, it's very relevant and uh, hearing it, you know, uh, right from a leader um, that uh, has navigated a family owned business through many, many types of cycles and continued to grow it through it and just had a good win and success story. So uh, congrats to you, Deb, and all the fine folks at Hallmark and Finance of America people. Uh, Congrats for them, too, because they they found a good home. So thank you. I will pass that along to them if they're not on here listening. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. And as always, any comments, questions, anything uh, in the chat, uh, please feel free to incorporate in the chat, the Q&A, and we'll incorporate it into the show and already see some chatter in there about uh, some nice words about uh, the new Hallmark team members you just brought on board and uh, our friend Bob Niemi pining for the political ads to end. I won't miss those. I, I am... But anybody that knows me knows I I loathe negativity. Uh, So thus, you know, political ads are uh, that part of uh, elections to me are great drama and a reminder of why our democracy is great. Like, you know, you don't like produce or get out of the seat. But the political ads, uh, we're all ready to be done with those, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It felt good walking away from the poll yesterday. (laughs) And um, it's time to. uh, uh, see how the how the um, uh, votes settle, and hopefully we'll get some flavor of uh, depending on how some of these races go, um, flavor on what some of the perhaps new direction on mo- monetary policy and spending going forward is going to be. And of course, we're all interested in that being in the housing industry. Yeah, it's a weird election. I mean, you know, you look at like the main topics that are driving people's decisions at the polls. COVID, not even like even in the discussion, like it's over, like forget about it. Okay, that's gone and done with. And, you know, some of the other traditional things of the past, not as much, um, you know, in the forefront because of what you mentioned, Deb, inflation in the economy. It's driving everything with our industry, but it's really driving um things more broadly and uh you know really um you know if you, if you listen to what the experts expect to happen at the polls tonight it's most are producting a good night from the republicans stock markets had a good week 
based off the perception that Republicans are better for the stock market, right or wrong. Um, and because really, I think the inflation issue, it's just become too much of a Main Street issue. And we certainly are sitting in our industry and really driving you know, a lot of the decision make with voters today. Uh, no, Deb? Excuse me. <laughs> I should have put this on mute. Sorry about that. No, no big deal. Interruption. Yeah. Um, I, you, I, well, I'm sorry, well, just to ask you for your general your general feedback on the inflation impact on driving people. Oh, I, you that. know, I think that's, um, you know, going to drive uh, drive results just as as you indicated. So, um, sorry. Is it maybe it's uh, your competitors in that Finance of America deal. They, uh, oh. they they're maybe they're on the broadcast and trying to distract you after. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. But, um, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, that's what I've been reading and I'm sure you have as well is that inflation and uh, cost of living and uh, what's going on in the housing industry in, in particular, um, housing, you know, shortage, um, rising interest rates, um, all the things that really threaten a healthy environment is raising are raising the rates as rapidly as they're doing is that helping or is it hurting you know there's just a lot of questions out there there's been no pandemic in the past you know where you just unleash like just trillions of dollars into the economy like just dropping it off at people at people's front lawns <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, there might be some tailwind impact of that. Like, you know, you don't know what he's going to work. Just stay home. We'll pay you. Um, yeah. But right or wrong, uh, you know, the, the Democrats and the Biden administration, ultimately the Federal Reserve reports into the, you know, the president and presidential um, administration. And you, when you talk about inflation and you look at the inflation and the impact it's having on Main Street, a huge component of inflation in general is household and, and housing inflation. You know, what people are paying for their rent, uh, their uh, mortgage payments monthly, um, and all the other um, housing related impacts to cost of living. And for the first time, I guess for a long time in our industry, the general perception amongst leaders in the industry was that, you know, we have MBA and others that are, you know, uh, fighting for us on, on, on Capitol Hill, but that that the issues of housing finance, such a huge component of our economy, you know, often aren't mainstream issues for voters um, and government not getting in the mix too much. But then you saw the end of Trump with Calabria trying to get the GSEs out from their conservatorship. Trump loses re-election and what somewhat of a surprise. Calabria didn't get the job done. Biden comes in. They go to the Supreme Court. They, uh, you know, they basically are able to unseat Calabria, get a new CFPB in there. So now as we go to the polls today, you have federal governments playing a huge role in our industry. And, you know, leaders like yourself, things you got to factor, decisions you make. Um and uh, it's and it's just that housing is a main street issue as we as we go to the polls today, and I think that'll be also impacting the way people cast their vote. I agree. No, I really do. I think there's going to be a, a the winds of change is what I'm kind of looking not necessarily forward to, but what I think is going to happen today. Yeah. 
And as we predicted on this show a lot, you know, as we head into the, uh, as we're on election day now, also some increased pleas, um, you know, things like, uh, you know, the FHA mortgage insurance premiums, uh, several different industry trade groups collaborated on a letter uh, to HUD and Ginny May about lowering those. A lot of just lobbyists of different trade groups, maybe not even our industry, just housing related issues, um, you know, to try to address the inventory issue, the affordability issue. Um, you know, same things we've been saying on this show for a long time, like there's no fix coming at all, you know. So if you if you feel like it's in the benefit of the housing industry, but more broadly, the economy in America to to do something about these headwinds to housing, it's government's going to have to it's going to have to start with government. Um, and, uh, I don't know your thoughts. I know you're very involved in, in advocacy and, uh, uh, you know, just making sure that those that are in positions of power, um, in DC understand, um, you know, what, what is important to our industry and leaders like yourselves and your thoughts on all that as, as we, as we, uh, find ourselves in the midterms here. Well, um, I agree with you. There are many groups, uh, really lobbying right now. Um, from, you know, home builders, um, realtors, um, uh, HUD, you know, going to HUD and Treasury, um, trying to get some easing of uh, some of the issues that are facing the housing um, uh, group. I think that uh, Maxine Waters uh, penned a letter recently to Jerome Powell, and I just jotted this down, but uh, her her question question to Jerome Powell were, are, are you overcorrecting with the rate increases? Is this causing inflation to actually go up, not down? And so um, these are, you know, these are unprecedented, unprecedented times. And um, I, I think clearly, um, uh, the housing is in a, in a in a crisis situation, really, and I'm not talking necessarily in terms of where the rates are, but really um, the affordability and the rates and the lack of housing stock for uh, the people that really are in the greatest of need. And so it's just as you mentioned, I think the government is going to need to get involved. How effective they will be with that. I think that remains to be seen. You know, Washington moves, I'm like the Washington fact that even finds very slowly. Sitting here saying like, you know, that the government is the answer. I'm that is not my MO at all. Like, I mean, typically, you know, when the government comes in to fix something, um, it's ineffective, too late. And that said, in our industry, there's been some times where they popped in, it's been effective, most notably with what the hell happened with the uh, Fannie and Freddie in 0708. They came in and backstopped it and it's still in place. Right now, that it's it's made the government trillions of dollars. Literally, it was uh, a success story that you know isn't really talked about because it was a bailout. Um, you know, is is kind of how it started. Um, but I just you know my worry is that like we're not building affordable single family homes in America. Exactly. And my worry is that the current administration's answers to the affordability issue, it's so centered around multifamily, commercial, um, you know, things that are nice but won't move the needle like EDUs and manufactured housing. 
at the end of the day, like, you know, the optimal scenario is for a, a, a family is to own a single family home. That's not affordable for everyone. But I just, it boggles my mind that we're not doing more in this country to explore how to bring down the cost to build just an affordable house. And it doesn't all have to be afford, you know, apartments and stick built and manufactured and ADUs. And like, and I think the problem is like, nobody wants to help the home builders because they feel like they got a lot of money or doing great. Or I, I don't know what it is. Well, hopefully it'll, it'll come back in line, but I agree completely with you about, you know, really affordability of housing. Uh, and, 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 you know, what the government coming in and, as you say, building uh, multi-unit uh, apartment buildings, uh, you know, the, in the past, whenever they've done things like that, it was a quick fix, but it had a way of decimating neighborhoods, poor workmanship, fraud, et cetera, like that. And, and that's what scares me about government intervention from that standpoint and those programs. And I think it's being discussed in Biden's administration right now. Not saying it's a bad thing, but there's been a bad history Mm -hmm. of government intervention. um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're preaching to the choir. You know, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking in this scenario, like, just like how many years, like where I live in Ohio, where you live in Indiana, like there's zero homes being built between like 150 and 350,000, like zero, none at, at all. And, 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 and lots and lots are being wiped. And I get it that, you know, cost of living and inflation and all that. But I, I just, I worry about, you talk about like tailwinds, what we're going through now with the economy and like, you know, just printing money, like uh, for the pandemic, like I worry about the cumulative effects of, of not building any like low to low medium and single family housing for like decades in a row, like what that could do long-term, but it's a scary thing to think about, but you know, we've, you've, you've been in this business a while. I certainly have, and we've seen the pendulum turn very quickly. And so, you know, hopefully good things are coming down the road because things don't all, everything changes. And um, hopefully it doesn't get worse in terms of rates, affordability, um, building supplies. You know, hopefully those things come back in line and we can find a new normal to live in and to address some of those things that you're talking about. Should be so germane to what this country is all about. And that's home ownership. It really is. You know, you're on a lot of planes like I am. I just, you know, there's a lot of empty space in America. Lots and lots. Like, I just creative ideas, thinking, like, you know, just throw up apartment buildings. I, you know, I don't know. It, it, to me, it just seems like maybe a little too, a little too much. I guess I get it. It's easier. It's the quick fix. It, you know, mm-hmm. it can produce stats. It can help lead the reelections and all that. But uh, we'll see what happens. So one thing that isn't changing uh, ever in our industry is the need for, though, people to be involved. Like it's one thing to say, Oh, you know, they do a great job or I'm glad that so-and-so is involved, but we, and you're involved person. That's why I'm bringing this up in here. Like we need to be involved and a nice note in the chat from uh, Stan Foraker, good, good uh, longtime TMC member, board member that says local state and national 
political action committees are more important than ever. Many legislators don't really understand the fact that housing represents 15 to 18% of our GDP in a given year. Think about that. Uh, We have to educate them. Interested in Deb's take on how to most effectively influence our legislators. What a great question, Deb. So. Um, you, I am a board member of the CHLA, the Community Home uh, Lenders Association, who recently merged with the CMLA. We've got some 50 members now. Um, we are so active. Um, we're talking about one of the questions that you gave me is that, you know, could we uh, see a shift in um, uh, in a Uh, in one of the elections that would impact the CFPB as an example. If that happens, we're going to be at their doorstep, Um, you know, just saying, okay, there are three or four issues that we really need to be talking with you about. But what I'm, what I find when we get, you know, we're able, like we met with Calabria, um, we've gotten into, um, you know, Scott Olson has gotten and has an open door uh, with anybody as long as he can take the time and set up these meetings. But it's really about, and you hit the nail on the head, it's about education. Um, and with, you know, Congress and, and the Senate, it's, it's really about education. It's amazing to me how much people are really unaware of uh, you know, just I there's a host of I can't even come up with all the different things that they're voting on that they really don't have a good understanding of. And so to answer the question, you have to be an activist, you have to get involved, you have to roll up your sleeves, and you have to donate some of your time. Obviously, it can't be 100% of what you're doing if you're running a business. But you know, I just got off a hour and a half call with the CHLA today going through a host of issues. And so it's it's becoming involved and and um, you know, and appearing when you need to appear before the right people, sending the right message, answering questions, um, t- telling them what it's like really on Main Street. So that would be my advice is just activism. Well, that's great advice. And I, I just, I really, I have so much respect for um, people that give of themselves to the advocacy of the industry. Cause you know, the only people that are in a position to do that are leaders like yourself, whose their time is very valuable. It is, you're not, there's no return on it. Like if you go meet with the finance of America people and you two or three flights to Kansas and you got, Hey, I got 60 new people. Like, you know, Deb Sturgis individually isn't going to change any politicians, even with your extreme levels of influence, uh, any individual politicians mind on anything. But we have to be doing that in this industry. And I have a lot of respect for the people like you, Stan Foraker, who's in the chat that that give of themselves to that because it really is selfless. Um, and it's for the greater good of an industry. I say it all the time. DC, you know, but anybody hates our industry. They don't understand it. They think we make gobs of money and they just, they don't, they, you know, they don't get it. That is the truth. And that's been my experience too. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, there's a, certainly there is a willingness 
on their part and they really appreciate um, folks like myself and others that come and spend the time to um, maybe give them a different dimension on a certain issue. So, um, you know, I always think that they were, we, we, myself, others are met with, um, with a really an, an open mind and they appreciate the fact that they're getting to hear from main street America uh, versus some, um, you know, other source. So I do no. think it may, I, I know that it makes a difference. It makes a huge, and that's one thing I will say about this administration, they, their leaders, Sandra Thompson, Julia Gordon, one after another have not only agreed to speak with our members, but I'm saying like genuinely look them in the eye and genuinely want to know the unintended consequences of things they're doing or thinking about doing. So that's a good thing. And if the Republicans do have the red wave tonight, it's only better for our industry from the standpoint that they're going to be even more inclined to listen, um, you know, with a, a split Congress and, and uh, you know, things needing to get done. So one last thing I wanted to hit on that you touched on briefly, though, is um, is let's think forward. Let's just assume we get the, the red wave tonight and Republicans do what most think um, in that scenario, the House Financial Services Committee you know, gets switched over to Republican leadership, a guy by the name of Patrick McHenry um, from North Carolina, um, who has a really well-respected uh, legislator for sure. Um, he has been a frequent critic of the CFPB. And so just along those lines, you would expect if the House goes Republican tonight, that very, very important House Financial Services Committee gets so much stuff started that involves our industry that their focus is going to be on the regulatory community, not as much like, oh, remove all these consumer protections. But, you know, like the CFPB forever, their funding structure and like who do they report to, it's just been very nebulous. And I think that could be one of the first focuses of a Republican House Services Committee. Yeah, we actually talked about that today on our call. And so I think when you bring up um, CFPB, what comes to your mind is regulation by enforcement. And so all that is shrouded uh, 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 under the, um, you know, as, as I had talked about on this call earlier is that, you know, we all, we all, whether they're in my shop or another shop, we all have to be ready uh, for them and they haven't been as open and honest about what they're always looking for. If you ask a question, maybe months before you get back, but you're really preparing your company so that you are doing everything the very best way you know how. And so um, certainly I think if the leadership changes that um, I think that that could take on, not that it would go away, certainly, um, Regulation is good. It's not bad, but um, um, regulation by enforcement, I don't believe in. And um, I think a balanced regulation versus uh, industry versus overregulation is really what we're what we're talking about. Maybe we'll finally be there. You know, like regulation by enforcement and 
you know, Trump, there was like the CFPB was just like, I don't know, they were like uh, playing Nerf basketball for four years. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. And it seems like we're, you know, we're now getting like to the, all right, maybe in the middle somewhere. Which, uh, in probably, the middle would, you know, I think we would be all grateful if we would be in the middle. Well, Deb, great co-hosts uh, make the time fly by in the last week of yep. mortgage today. And uh, certainly was the case today. Really, really enjoyed the conversation and uh, getting the chance to catch up and, and get your insight on a, a lot of really relevant things right now. Great. Thank you so much. And to our attendees, thanks as always for spending 30 minutes your week with us uh, here on the last week of mortgage today. We're here live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern uh, podcast where most of you listen. Join the live broadcast. Uh, yeah, it's every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. You can go to mortgagecollaborative.com to register for that. So until next Tuesday, have a great rest of the week, everyone. Thanks again, Deb. Thank you. Take care, guys. Bye. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.